This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, right, this one is probably something that all dog owners have gone through. Uh oh. Mm. <laughs> so we've had a, an email come in from a guy called Felix. Hello Felix. Uh, Felix has a dog and the dog is uh, a golden retriever. Cool. Uh, perfectly lovely dog apparently. Um, really good, good with everything. However, when they go out, when we go out for walks, the golden retriever, Poppy, name of the dog, uh, Poppy always pulls on the leash. Okay. Um, and Felix has been told by his friend that he should get a choke leash or a choke collar because that will stop it and that is the way to stop dogs from pulling on leashes. I'm going to love this one. Go, Russell. Right. Okay. Uh, a fair bit to unpack with that. Pulling is quite a common problem with a lot of dogs. The... The two, the two big mistakes that we can make is inadvertently allowing it to start with. Can I ask? Yeah. Why do dogs pull? What is the reason that they're trying to get away from you? It's not that it, it's not that they're trying to get away. Like, oh my god, I need to get away from this person. It's just generally, you tend to find that the dogs are going to pull the most. Are probably super excited. Like, hey, we're going out, and there's stuff to smell, and there's sights, and there's sounds, and all oh, there's people, all oh, there's dogs, and oh, all there's just all oh, there's just craziness kind of going on. It's that excitement of being out and about. So, and also if I, if I see something or I want to smell that particular smell, I'm just going to kind of dive into it. We can inadvertently reinforce a lot of this by, in, in the way that we react to it. So for, in simple terms, my dog is pulling me forward and I'm sure lots of people have done this. We pull them back and say, no. And then we continue to walk forward. The dog keeps pulling. We pull them back and say, no. And I guarantee everyone listening who's got a dog is nodding right now. Ab- absolutely, right? We all, But we're still walking in the same direction. So all we're teaching the dog is that when you yank back and say, no, if I pull you forward, we will keep going forward. And that just continually happens. The no to us means no, stop that. The no to the dog just means this is how we walk. The next thing is... Um, we go from, and I think Felix mentioned that he was told to get a choke collar. I'm not sure what he, what he was using before. Usually, people start with sort of flat collars and choke collars and what have you. The dog's pulling, going, ah, 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 choking themselves out. So we think, oh, I know, I'll switch to a harness so my dog doesn't choke itself. And I should just point out for the listener, if you want to know about different collars, we have done a bark cast on collars. Yes. We can uh, so you can just go back and have a little look. We'll put it in the description as well. So cool. you can go and check out which collar is best for your dog. And in this particular... Um, situation, I would advise against getting a harness. The difference with the harness is now all the pressure is either sort of on the chest or on the, the back of the dog. So then pulling into it is that much easier. Plus, they're not really doing themselves any harm. They're not choking themselves. So we allow it more and we're more um, accepting of the fact that my dog is going to pull. From a harness point of view, and I, I don't want to make this a whole collar yeah. uh, thing, but obviously it is because it's about yeah. pulling on the lead. When is... Or is there a time that a harness is acceptable to be sure. used? Oh, and is yeah. there a breed or certain breeds that you should no, use no. harnesses? Uh, no, not necessarily. The big ticket item would be if it's you need it for some sort of medical reason. 
like if the dog, the, and I mean the, the dog themselves, maybe they need some extra support. Um, so if you you can use it to hold them up or to, to guide them or what have you. Or if the dog has some sort of spinal neck injuries and what have you, sure, I don't want something tied around their neck. The harnesses also get used in terms of displaying the, the working level of the dog. If it's a, a guide dog or if it's a service dog and what have you, they often wear harnesses and jackets, which just denote this is the service dog. But is a lead attached to the the jacket? Yeah, often it will be, yes. Okay. So, I mean, and I would, look, anyway, like even if I take Sassy, yeah, look, she's, I'd like to think she's well-trained and well-behaved. If I'm going to be out near traffic, my dog's on a leash. It's just sensible. You just, you never know, right? Why, why take the risk? So, but yeah, you can attach. And at that point, you'd like to think if the dog's well-trained, it's not going to be putting on the leash. It doesn't matter if you've got a, a slip lead around their neck, which is all I ever use for Sassy, or something clipped to a harness or whatever it happens to be. But in terms of the situation for Felix and others like him that had this dog that just wants to yank my arm out of its socket... Then it becomes a case of, well, we need to, to mitigate that and work with the dog through a particular process. So we're sat today with the lovely Sassy and also the Bernese mountain dog, Fiji. Yes, indeed. Fiji's a big dog. Now, if you don't know what a Bernese mountain dog is, it is it's one a lot of dog. big... It's a lot of dog. How many kilos would a, Fiji be? It's about 50 kilos. It's about 50 kilos. Now, some people would think, would the harness be good for him because he's a big dog and it gives you more, um, as, as an owner, it gives you more power to pull him back. So, no, I would argue against that because the harness is it's on his shoulders, it's on his chest, it's, and it's an easy thing for him to sort of lean in and pull into. Whereas if you've got a simple collar or a slip leash on their neck, it's much easier for me to turn their head. If you can control the head, you can control the dog. So okay. rather than pulling him back and he's still looking in the direction he wants to go, now he's looking somewhere else, I can redirect him much quicker. If I'm dealing with a dog that's like super, super pulling and like really choking themselves out, then it starts to become a question of, well, look, the dog can do himself some damage here by pulling himself into a choke chain or to a collar and what have you. Then I might start looking at other things. There's, and again, rather than going down the route of, of different collars, which we've discussed before, things like halties and what have you that can be used to help guide the dog. Okay, let me, let, let's just track back. Yeah. And I think we're going past... Um, Felix's question yeah. a little bit. Um, and that's probably my fault because I just wanted to talk about the lovely Fiji. <laughs> um, so, Poppy's pulling. Yep. Uh, let's assume it's on a normal, what uh, people Not call a normal yep. collar. Yep. And, and what, you know, that's what we, us yeah. non-doggy people would call it. Is a choke collar, as Felix Friends said, the right thing to use? I probably wouldn't use a choker in that respect. I would either, st- I would start off with a, a Martingale collar and build from there without obviously seeing the dog I mean, a halty might be a better okay, option. Right, so we're going to have to tell the listener what a martingale collar is. Uh, it's a. This is really hard to do on a pod rather than something visual. You can do <laughs> it, Russell. Yeah, it's essentially two collars in one. So if you think of like, if you think of a normal dog collar, it just goes around the dog's neck and it clips together at the back. You've also got another collar attached to it, which is usually a little piece of chain. So if you're pulling on a collar, all the pressure is on one point on the neck. With a martingale collar. You pull one and it squeezes the other one so that all the pressure goes all the way around the neck. So I'll explain it for Go the on listener. Then. So basically, it's a bit of material mm-hmm. and then there's a bit of chain on it as well. Yeah. And it creates a circle and the chain is actually a double chain. So then when you pull, it tightens up a little bit. I'm sure one of us got that correct. There you go, listener. <laughs> Excellent. I think I'm right. There we go. So um, but again, caveat without seeing the dog, difficult to know which to use. What I would suggest for Felix in particular, and again, for anyone that's having issues with their dog pulling, is take a load of treats with you and you want to reward and engage the dog for being with you. And it's not about, hey, Rover, look what I've got over here. Let me show you this treat for you to come back and get. 
I would always, and I only ever pay my dog with a treat when they're at my side. So if my dog decides to walk off in front, I'm going to turn 180 degrees and walk the other way. So now my dog is behind me, and I'll be like, oh, okay, we're being guided the other way. They start trotting along. As soon as they reach my side, oh, good boy, good girl, have a treat. And I'll very quickly, rapid fire, pay them with a couple of treats for being at my side whilst I'm still walking. Felix has got a golden retriever. I'm going to hedge a large bet this dog is food-driven because most of them are, not all, but most. So having all, all of a sudden just walking with my daddy, I've got some treats here. This is fantastic. I then might turn around again and I can still, I can pez dispense my dog for being with me. I might even get him to sit, give him another treat, tell him to walk and just pay him for walking next to me. And in the beginning, you can do this and I would advise doing it in your house, doing it around your kitchen or your living room or your garden because it's an easier environment for your dog to, to work in. They, they know it, there's less distractions rather than trying this out on the big pack walk that you do with your friends. We'll, we'll get to that bit later. So now the dog understands, well, actually sort of walking with you and looking up at you and being around you is really rewarding and engaging. And instead of having to give my dog a treat literally every single step, I'm now doing it every two or every three steps, just randomly. I'll give him a treat and then I'll miss a treat and give him a fast and I'll give him another treat for the next step. So we're increasing the distance that we're traveling um, in between how often we're paying the dog. And it's interesting when you say about dogs looking up at you. Now, I've watched, uh, don't watch a lot of... Crufts is a is a very famous yeah, yeah. dog show yep. in the UK, and when they're doing the agility courses, the dog is or whether, you know they're going for it. The dog is constantly just staring at the owner, and is that that's really what you mean that the dog is engaged, looking directly yeah, at you? Yes, and no. I mean we're talking. There's a there's a difference between sort of high level obedience and confirmation and sport dogs. And I just want my dog to walk nicely, <laughs> right? It's, that's quite a variance. So as much as yeah, wouldn't it be terrific if my dog trotted along and looked at me the whole time? But ultimately, I want a dog, not a robot. So as long as my dog is by my side, walking at my pace, I really don't care if they're looking left, right, up, down, just checking, checking out the world, as long as they're hanging out with me. So in terms of working with creating pictures for the dog, what I'd rather, if we're just walking along gamely, sure, I can reward them. But if he suddenly looks up at me, I can give him an extra reward, an extra treat. So the dog's kind of working out, yeah, walking with you nice and calm is, is rewarding. But when I look at you, it's even more rewarding. So maybe I should try that more often. And we always have this thing that some dogs aren't food driven. So how, so would how do we work with that? Yeah. So and ultimately, there's, there's, two way, there's two things for dogs. Behavior with reward, I'm going to do it again. I walk by your side. I look at you. I sit. I get a treat, whatever it is. I'm going to do that particular behavior again. On the other side of that, if there's no reward... I'm going to stop doing it. Or if there's consequence to my action, I'll stop doing that too. And the consequence comes from being either guided with the leash in any and or direction and or depending on what leash that we're using because obviously the consequence can can raise up depending on the dog. So again, uh, uh, Poppy, Felix's dog, yeah. Yes. Poppy decides to walk forward. I turn go the other way. Guide with the leash. She gets a little flick on her neck like, oh, hey, what's going on there? Has to turn because that's the way I'm being guided. Oh, there's my daddy, runs up to me, gets paid for being at my side. I got paid and rewarded for walking next to you. I got a little flick on my neck for going in front of you. If you're consistent with that particular picture, the dog will work it out. The more rewarding option is to walk by your side. And I can avoid that little flick by not walking in front. So the answer is don't use a... We've, we've talked about this before. It's not. I call it a choke collar, and I don't think that's the right term for it anymore. So or I think everyone... A, a choke collar is basically a chain. 
you well it's usually a chain you can get them with uh, rope versions as well it's just basically what i would call a slip leash it goes around the dog's neck and it just tightens up so there are the for me the benefit of something like a martingale is that it applies the pressure all the way around the neck so you're using less pressure to get the same response and again we've discussed in other pods about different collars and training collars and prong collars and all of these sort of things that you can get which can help to mitigate pulling and it can also help to expedite the process I'd always just prefer to work with something very simple like a martingale and show the dog the better picture and make it rewarding and I can build up from there. Okay, so let's get back to so Felix wants Poppy so it's uh, it's all about it's all about process and if he's Felix if you're going out, you know, with a couple of friends and their dogs and we're going for a nice big walk and you're trying to get your dog to walk by your side, you're really going to struggle and I would argue even if you've maybe got some amazing treats, you're probably still going to struggle in that particular environment. And that's a really good point because people, um, owners will get frustrated. And I've got frustrated when I've been trying to train Maximus at the wrong times. Wrong so time, that's, wrong I, place, I think, yeah. Yeah, we've never... So when is the right time and when is the wrong time? Look at it a slightly different way. Uh, how old are your kids? That's a good question. Uh, Ashton... <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should probably know yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Depends when this pod's coming up. Yeah. But no, uh, seven... And 10. Right. So are they astrophysicists? Are no. they what, what, what? Astrophysicists. Are they doctors yet? Oh, I wish they were. Yeah, quite. Don't we, don't we all. But they're not that because they haven't learned. They haven't gone through the process yet. They've got to learn the basics. Then it gets slightly more advanced and, and on we go. It's the same for our dogs. So if you're throwing them in at the deep end and not doing the groundwork, they're just not going to know what you want. And everything's just really left to chance. So by, I'll take some treats and I'll work on classic healing if you like having my dog walk with me by my side up and down my driveway around my kitchen around my living room or up and down the road next to me where we go all the time maybe in a reasonably low distracting environment so i can really show the dog a rewarding picture that works in an environment that's easy for them to do so and then once they start to get a good understanding of that then yes i can increase the level of difficulty that they're facing so now i can go for a walk with one friend and their dog or you know maybe just one other person or or whatever it happens to be and if it starts to fall apart then obviously i'm going a little bit too quickly with my dog i just need to go back a level reward them for doing the right things disengage from the wrong and show them consistently what you want them to do and one other thing to add a lot of people want their dog to a not pull but there's a difference between having a dog walking in what we would say classic heel position by my side, at my pace, in my direction. I don't want to go for a walk with my dog doing that the entire walk because it's boring for them. I want my dog to be free to go and sniff and have a pee and engage with other people and dogs or when we're allowing them to, obviously. But I want to have that freedom of expression. At the same time, there's going to be times when, yes, I need them to walk to heel. So if I'm going for, say, a 30-minute walk, I would spend a couple of minutes working with my dog at my side, walking forward, turning in circles, going back and forth, back and forth. And then I'll allow them to be a little bit freer and have a sniff and go where they want. It's a very good point. So on every walk, you should be doing a little bit of training or yes. a lot of training or however you want if to you're, say If you're awake and you're with your dog, you're training them, whether you realize it or not. When you go, let's say, for example, we take the dogs up to the dam. Yep. When do you, is it better to start the the hill training straight away because they're excited yes. and they want to jump out yeah, or do you do it once they've had a little bit of run and they're a little bit more tired no when's a better time at the beginning the, for the obvious reason because everyone it's much easier to train my when we're heading back from the walk yeah he's brilliant doesn't pull very easy to walk yeah because he's knackered right i've just spent 20 minutes charging left right and center and pulling your arms out of its socket and really pulling and pulling and pulling god i'm tired 
after 40 minutes of that, of course, it's easy to get my dog to heal at that point. I want your dog under control as soon as it gets out of the car and it's full of energy and it's full of beans. If you can get your dog under control then, that's the time when you need it. So that's when I would start. For me, dog out the car, get them in a sit. Work with literally a minute, maybe two minutes of trying to work in heel position. Walking forward a few steps, turning, going back the other way, turning again, throwing in some sits. And to begin with, it's difficult. And all of a sudden, the dog starts to look at you like, what are you doing? This is so confusing. Oh, you're looking at me now? Oh, hey, I can reward that. I can engage with that. And then the dog starts to connect that picture, looking and engaging with you is rewarding. And then the bonus reward, okay, Rover Free, go and have a sniff. I can let you go out and, and pull to some degree and go and sniff in the direction you want to go within reason. And then a few minutes later, I'll call the dog back and we'll do that healing exercise again. And if you're consistent and you're doing that in sporadic um, times and places along your walk, what you'll start to find is, A, when you're actually doing it, it's easier and the dog is listening and walking with you a bit easier. And B, when you do say that the dog is free to go and walk forward, it isn't pulling you quite so hard and might even be checking back in with you every now and again because, hey, are you still doing that treat thing if I come back to you? Well, yes, Rover, absolutely I am. There you go, as Fiji catches a I think a you just fly. got a fly, yeah. <laughs> right on cue. Uh, thanks, Russell. Yeah, no problem at all. Right, all. cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.